Second Chronicles chapter thirty. I'm I'm hesitating because I'm going back and forth on on uh, what I wanted to bring. I've been enjoying myself uh, tremendously in Chronicles, and I'm I've hit the Hezekiah years, which is fantastic. Uh, but I I wanted to talk a little bit about about what I mentioned in the email. And if you haven't read it uh, already, the email uh, describes a period in the reign of Hezekiah, which I call a revival. Uh, He went through this period where it was a revival. And uh, we'll read in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 26. Uh, Some context, a little bit of context might be helpful. Um, Before... Hezekiah came to the throne, you had a king called Ahaz. Uh, I like to uh, give names to some of these kings to help my kids out, uh, and I call him Ahazard uh, because he was a hazard. Um, but Ahaz was a very bad king, and he did a lot that was wrong, and I itemized some of that in the email, and uh, he he was the one who sacrificed children. Uh, he burned them. He he diluted uh, true worship by setting up altars and and these high places all over the place. And he you know burnt incense in the Valley of Hinnom. He made molten images for Balaam. Um, and there was a lot of judgment that came upon him, uh, but that didn't seem to do any good. There was a lot of judgment. The Syrians, uh, at the time, they were the main enemy there. They carried away a great multitude of captives. Their mightiest, most valiant men, 120,000 of them, were killed in a day. Uh, A lot of the leadership of Judah also was killed at the same time. Um, The nation of Israel to the north, they carried away 200,000 of their women and children. And just on and on it goes. Ahaz, he took away the treasures out of God's house. And you can just imagine the godly of of Judah at the time looking and seeing what was happening, the treasures being taken out and being destroyed. They were cut into pieces and just, it, it was just an awful thing to witness. The doors of the, of the house of God, they were shut. And this is the condition of the nation quite depressing discouraging and i'm sure there were godly people in judah at the time and i'm sure many a prayer was going up at the time well hezekiah comes to the throne and the first thing he does is he commands that the people sanctify themselves and that the house of the Lord also be sanctified. I think that is very notable and instructive. And then you go on, you read through the chapter, how he instituted a lot of these reforms. But if you read through the chapters around Hezekiah's reign, a lot of references are made to sanctification and cleansing and holiness 
And again, uh, I think this is notable because when you get to where we're about to read here in Second Chronicles chapter 30, uh, the result of which is great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. Now, that's, that's a pretty big statement because when you think about the history of the kings, you had some pretty great kings. I mean, Hezekiah was a great king, but you also had, don't forget, Jehoshaphat, who was a great king. You had Uzziah, who is, in my mind, the prayer warrior king because he sought God in the days of Zechariah and as long as he sought the Lord God made him to prosper and he was marvelously helped until he was strong Uzziah and then you had of course Asa who was I believe one of the greatest kings as well because it was during Asa's reign I see him as as kind of a covenanter because he he caused Judah to enter into a covenant with the Lord. What kind of a covenant? A covenant to seek the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's a wonderful king. But you don't read of this kind of revival or this kind of joy in those kings. Since the time of Solomon, there was not the like. In Jerusalem, not even during Asa's reign or Jehoshaphat's, really? Well, according to this, verse 27, Then the priests, the Levites, arose and blessed the people. Their voice was heard, and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even unto heaven. Their prayer came up, even unto heaven. I love that expression. That, by the way, is a direct reference, and I mentioned this in the email, I thought it was fascinating. It's a direct reference to Solomon's prayer in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 21, where Solomon says, uh, When supplications are made in this place, hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven. And what you have here is, their prayer came up, to his holy dwelling place, even to heaven. So Solomon's great prayer was answered, wasn't it? I find that to be so comforting and beautiful because Solomon uh, was 250 or so years before this time. It's a long time before having that kind of revival again. And... 250 years from now, as I mentioned in the email, is actually around the time of Edwards and Whitfield and Wesley, first and second great awakenings in this country anyway. And when we think about uh, those days, the glory of those days, and it just seems so far away, but the encouragement that I take from a passage like this is simply that those saints back then probably also talked glowingly about the days of Solomon, the glory days of Solomon, wondering if they would ever 
uh, enjoy those days again. And coming out of the reign of Ahaz, they probably were at a very low point, um, discouraging, despairing, uh, hard to imagine that those days could come back. And yet, the Lord did bring those days back. They didn't have the gold of Solomon. So they didn't have all the gold, but they had the glory. And there was great joy, for since the time of Solomon, there was not the like. So it gives me hope that even though it seems so far away, those glory days, yet the Lord can do it. And in the case of Judah here, he did it very quickly because it says there in chapter 29 and Hezekiah at the very end of 29 Hezekiah rejoiced all the people that God had prepared the people for the thing was done suddenly I don't I mean we don't dictate to the Lord what the timetable is uh, how he will answer in what way he will answer but I don't personally feel like it's necessary for the Lord to spend decades and decades and decades um, working out this great answer. I believe the Lord can do things very, very quickly and all the more glory to God. And so this is just a very hopeful passage to me where 250 years of, of non-revival and then you have a revival and it being done very suddenly and it coming on the heels of a hazard, you know, a wicked king Ahaz. And the Lord just gave me great encouragement through this. But I will leave this final thought with you all, and that is this. As we seek the Lord together in prayer for revival, for this kind of great joy, that's what we're asking for, right? The great joy. I will leave this thought, and that is this. When you study the kings and you look through Asa and Jehoshaphat and Uzziah even, and you you try to understand why is it that when we come to Hezekiah, you see this great joy, and you don't see it in these other kings. Now, they were blessed, and they were a time of blessing, but this is clearly different this is something that is compared to Solomon's day. And that's not said of any other king. Um, and it, I could be wrong here, but if you, if you look at the passages around Solomon and then around Hezekiah, you don't, and then you look at the other kings, you don't really seem to see, at least I didn't see, even a mention of sanctification that you see here in Hezekiah's day. In fact, you see it over and over and over. You can't hardly miss it in Hezekiah's day. And that was the first thing he went after was to sanctify yourselves and sanctify the house. And I, I see that as sanctification on a personal level and sanctification at a worship level. And uh, But the other kings, that's just not mentioned. You see a lot of reform so you see a lot of tearing down of the idols and the high places and the groves and such. 
I suppose you can say, well, there's there's um, there's reform in the worship, but you just don't see this, at least the word and the idea of sanctification brought into the other kings as you do with Solomon, as you do with, as, uh, with Hezekiah. I believe there might be something there for us because we can be praying about revival um, these 907 days and we can be pretty earnest about it and we can be sincere about it but if there really isn't a, a change in our personal lives if we're still willing to corrupt our soul with all the all the stuff of the world and just deaden our souls in the process and if we're still engaging in in things and acts and this is this is where you all need to go before the lord because we're not going to make a list for you but if we're if we're engaging in things that we know is grieving the lord or is at least deadening our souls well I think we're just fooling ourselves. I think there's still blessing and reform. There's still good things that can happen. But as far as this kind of great joy, this level of reviving among the nation, it comes with holiness. It comes with real sanctification, personally and corporately. And so I've been thinking a lot about that and and applying as much as I can to my own personal life and seeking by God's help to live in a way that's um, that's pleasing to the Lord. And I, I just want to leave that with you as well because we do have a lot of good things going on in, in Christendom. But I want to stress and emphasize that reform isn't enough. Good theology even isn't enough. There needs to be real, real sanctification happening, a real holiness happening in our personal lives day by day. It's not going to be glamorous. People might not really know much about it, but that seems to be the missing ingredient, if I can say it that way, today. And... um Please take it the right way. But we do want revival, don't we? We really do. And this was something that I happened to notice. So let's seek the Lord here together. Let's ask the Lord to just give us a good dose of holiness and the sanctification that we read about, get serious about it. And if we have to cut those things out of our lives that don't help us, Uh, then may God give us the grace to do that.